So it's our week today. It's number 27. I cannot even believe it. I didn't think we'd get this far, man. I thought that we'd both be kicked off the internet by now, completely censored by China, completely censored by the administration with no way forward. But the Chinese here. people love us. It's our week today. Yeah, the Chinese people love us. I don't know why. Not so much we'll the government. Get into that later. <laughs> I love Chinese people as well. It, yeah, man, I, we've covered a lot of crazy stuff, and I think this being the craziest year of my life, I think so far, uh, it, it's it's perfect. It's perfect to just run into a, a a current events podcast when things just cannot stop getting crazier. I feel like we're just getting started. Yeah, 2020 is going to be one of the most memorable years in modern history. 2001 being one of those years, 2008 Uh maybe can be considered that, but 2020 and 2001 are the two that really, really, really stick out. And 2001, obviously for one of the craziest life events of all time, which is right up there with COVID, if not maybe even more. Yeah. And speaking of how, I mean, it impacted so much, so many things, completely shut down. Uh, And that's why we're still here, still in the bunker, still doing our thing. So as I mentioned, uh, it's episode 27. We are we are here and we are there. Big shout outs to some new listeners we got in Covington, Virginia. We shout love you guys already. Welcome to the team. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, and some more. Uh, a little bit of spiking in Dallas, Texas. Shout out to you guys. Big ups. I'm going to actually fly through Dallas on my way out to Arizona tomorrow. So maybe we'll see each other in the airport. I don't know. I don't know what kind of a, a airport listenership we got, but we'll see. Shout and also Dallas. just to just to give a quick shout out to some of our first international listeners there's a little bit more listening out in the Congo <laughs> in the Re- Re- Democratic Republic of Congo I think is the name of the country but I have some Congo coffee I love I love the Congo out in the jungle shout out to you guys keeping it real we'll be we'll be visiting doing a live show from the uh from the Congo at some point so excited about that with also new to once the podcast. Once we clarify the security situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll figure that out. Don't worry about it. We'll have plenty of sponsors. We'll have sponsors for security companies backing us up out there because we got to do a show with the people, right? Yep. Got to have guests from, from the Congo on and got to do a live show with the people there. Some fresh Congo coffee. I'm down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, also new to the podcasting world is uh, our former president, Bill Clinton. Dude comes out yesterday and he's like, I'm going to start a podcast next year because I have a lot of stories to tell and I'm I a good storyteller. And I said, I bet you are. <laughs> if he gets tipsy on one of those, we might hear some legendary shit. So that, that's imagine? actually kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe that's the point. Maybe uh, he's like, I- I've said all I'm going to say about some things and I've just basically erased my memory to the point where I'm only going to talk about stuff that's important to me. And just it, it it could be pretty interesting, but at the same time, he can get into a lot of trouble if he doesn't watch himself. Um, uh, it just a wild on, man. What's that? Bill is a wild man. If there was ever someone to hold true to the name Wild Bill, mm-hmm. he has to be in the top two. Wild Bill Clinton. <laughs> wild, wild Bill. President Clinton. Wild Bill Clinton. <laughs> for for the younger listeners, I mean, this guy has some <laughs> legendary fucking stories behind him. And about him, some good, some not so good, some horrible, but all of them lot. exciting. All <laughs> while he plays the saxophone. That's right. Don't forget about that. He's also a very musically talented guy. But then again, you could be great at one thing and 
not so great at another thing. Like, I don't think Clint Eastwood's all that good at playing piano, but he thinks he is. And I think he's a great I director, but I think he's just playing piano. stick to playing, stick to being the director, you know, be an actor, not a pianist. Um, so, so yeah, that should be, uh, it should be fun to look forward to in, in next year. Should we make it to next year if the world doesn't end? Um, more kind of entertainment news of the weird coming soon. So um, 2020, the 2020 version of Milan came out last week and there's a I lot of controversy or some around shit. that. What's that? It's like $30. It's $30 to rent it on Disney plus. So a $200 million movie uh, being streamed only for the next few months before they put it online entirely, or they put it on Disney plus for anybody who subscribes to it. So they, they did the math. They're taking the L on that and that's understandable, but uh, can you <laughs> just a lot of the things that have been in the news recently have been around the, um, the, the main star and how she was generally um, kind of blacklisted and is being, you know, I wouldn't say banned, but they're uh, folks are saying that she is on the wrong side of history when it comes to uh, Hong Kong, because she supports the Chinese, you know, suppression of, you know, free thinking in Hong Kong. And so, so does the NBA though. So I don't know how controversial that can get up to. Like, I don't know. I mean, China has a lot of people, so they have a lot of sway. If it was a straight, you know, one-to-one, then I understand. But um, it's kind of a strange thing for somebody like her to be uh, supportive of another country's or another territory's police force. It's kind of a strange. It's a weird flex. No, she's from China. Oh, no, that's what I mean. She's from China. Yeah, she's from China. Oh, yeah. Like, her life's on the line. She can't be talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's important because she was placed there. She was was made to be important. So, um, yeah, I was just saying. So, it's a weird thing for her to to come out in support of specifically one side when she's probably not been exposed to it. But, uh, and then, of course, they did the filming of this movie uh, in between two or three sites where they're it's like concentration camps for, I learned how to pronounce this word. It's pronounced or it's a uh, spell. Uyghurs. U-I-G-H-U-R, right? But it's Uyghurs. 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 That's yeah, what it almost sounds like a bad mind. word in English. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's like eight different acknowledgements of like in the credits to the movie, there's like eight di- different acknowledgements of, you know, who was responsible for keeping the film crew safe and for the surrounding area in that general vicinity of, uh, of China. And uh, th- they're very open about where it was filmed in between all these different concentration camps. There's a, there's a million people that are being held there and they're like, Oh, good for you. Thanks for keeping us safe. Like in this like really controversial area. And they're open about it in the credits of the movie. So I thought that was wild. That is fucking wild. I had no, you're, you're breaking news to me. I didn't know that that oh, was all connected. All week today, baby. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell does this crazy girl who, yeah, I'm like, no shit. She supports China. She's from there. Yeah. Well, she's, <laughs> and it's Disney studios. It's Disney. It's a Disney movie. I mean, the, the original Disney guy like wasn't the nicest, right? He was, doesn't he have some connections to Hitler and Nazis? Well, like Walt Disney. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was a closet Nazi, yeah. So I think, and, and they're they're trying to, you know, do what they can to be as woke as possible now to try to, you know, scrub. So woke that he's basically Nazi. <laughs> I don't know. Walt Disney just, you know, he, sometimes he would come out with these 
kind of controversial opinions about people and you wouldn't know where he stood on it, but do, do some digging into that. Maybe we could talk about it next time. Yeah, we should. I think he wasn't a fan of Jewish people. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Neither was uh, Henry Ford. No, he definitely was not. <laughs> Hitler actually, fun fact, Hitler actually had a either signed or just a regular poster like framed of Henry Ford in one of his offices. That is a weird fact. Super wild. How'd you find that out? That's a great question. I would actually have to look into where I learned that, but that's like one of those crazy facts that I've known for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, and and actually Ford uh, helped with some of the tank engines. Mm-hmm. And there was some sort of treaty or agreement, I should say, where Ford factories in Germany were not allowed to be bombed by the Americans. Something along those lines. I, I, I'll look it up. Crazy. Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah, there was a, definitely a deep connection. I mean, when you look into like, Americans' involvement in the rise of Nazism is pretty crazy. The money. Then you got the Prescott Bush, George Bush's grandfather, actually had his funds, his money frozen, mm-hmm. his accounts frozen, mm-hmm. because they were tied to funding some of the German government at that time. Yeah, that's a Wild. crazy. That's history that they don't teach in public school. And they should. Uh, <laughs> you miss out on a lot of shit. But at the same time, I'm like, how much time do you have to teach in history? And that's just one class out of many. You know, you still got to learn about Pythagorean and some other shit that you never use. But some people in history, are, I guess they pick their poison. And now, now it seems like there's a big push for woke history and like mm. that whole 16 whatever project from the New York Times. 1619. Yeah, it's crazy. Like then turn into schools. I understand the other day the president was like, uh, he's having people investigate and he's having different departments investigate um, the teaching of that in, in public school. And I'm so, open for that. Definitely investigate. Something's yeah. not right there. Well, I mean, let's, let's tell it like it was. That's, that's my position. Let's not, let's not put a political angle on it to, you know, change the interpretation or change the, um, the light that people were seen in because there was people only got one shot, you know, you can't go back and, and, and present somebody as something that they weren't. You can, by all means go and, you know, find the crazy racists that were responsible for, you know, eugenicism and KKK and all that stuff. Cause you know, we know who they are now, but people didn't know then talk about that. Talk about the, the wrong and the evil that that is. Um, but don't make like, <laughs> every single white American out to be a racist because of that was the reason the country was founded. That's that's not, that's not the case from, from that project, which I don't necessarily agree with. At the same time, I will say that I haven't really looked at what they teach just kind of like from the outside. And um, yeah, it's, I had a lot of questions when I heard a little bit about it. Well, it's time to dig into it because I mean, between now and what, six weeks, 10 weeks, I don't know. Um, we got a lot going on. We got a lot of information. We got a lot of uh, folks that are going to be looking at that very closely, and that they might they might vote one way or another based upon what that says. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, we'll see if we actually get to have an election. Um, I know that uh, just because of coronavirus, a lot of things have been shut down, and we haven't been able to live life as normal. Like we said, we probably would be at a uh, a brewery or a bar or something doing this show. 
with a lot of background noise and a lot of people milling around wondering what we were doing, dragging chairs and being very loud. But um, the movie theaters are open. So that's big. That's a, that's a real big uh, move in the right direction or the, a better direction for people who are cooped up and don't want to spend $30 to um, watch a Chinese propagandist film. Uh, Tenet, saw, Tenet looks good. Oh, I saw it. I saw Tenet um, Friday and it was great. And that's all I'm going to say about it for now. Uh, I really liked it. I understand why people might not like it. So you went to the theater. I did. How, how is explain that experience? It was very calm and safe and there weren't a lot of people there. And I'm not saying just because it was uh, basically, uh, you know, we were doing it in a way that was prescribed to us. Like, okay, you know, you stand in line, you get your ticket or whatever. And then you go over to like, of course, my wife and I, we had to go get some alcohol. So <laughs> go, and, <laughs> go and get a couple of drinks and everybody's got masks and gloves on. And then, you know, we take our, our digital ticket so we don't have to actually touch anything. And we go to the, we go to our seats and there's like 10 other people in the theater because I'm, I mean, people are just still afraid to go. So you shouldn't feel like you're going to get too close to anybody. And is there and, no more paper tickets at all? Uh, I think there are still some. And that's just because if you go to one of the ticket dispensing machines or whatever, then, you'll, then you'll have to get something. But other than that, I think they're doing mostly contactless. So, uh, so yeah, Tenet was great. Uh, and the experience was great. And the week before we saw um, New Mutants and that was, it was okay. I didn't really know anything about it. And my wife was like, it looks good. Let's go see it. And it was like the New first Mutants movie. New Mutants is what? From a Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. That's a like movie a, that's out? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've heard about New Mutants, the comic series mm-hmm. for, yeah. for it's a been long in- time. It's not one that I got into, but I had no right. idea there was a movie called New Mutants. Right. Where the fuck have I been? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been quarantined, man. That's post that's post X Men. Yeah, and, and this movie has been in development hell for like three years. Like it was it was filmed in 2017. Is it rated R? No, actually, I think it is. And it's like the one of the first R-rated, you know. Deadpool was. Super, Deadpool was um, Logan, which I really liked. I thought Logan was awesome. That was a hard R. Lots of you know blood and swearing in that one. But um, yeah, it, it was. It's weird because it's like a, it's a teen movie, you know. It's like a teen story. It's yeah, like yeah. a coming of age story, and. Um, and of course I'm not going to give anything away cause I don't know much. I still, after seeing the movie, I still don't know much about it, but, um, I, it was an enjoyable, uh, tale, I guess. And, and if you, you just got me excited, I really want to go see that. Like yeah, I'm a huge comic book nerd mm-hmm. and I did not know that new mutants was out. Well, we're not going to get another black Panther. Want, want. I could probably add some sound effects. Want, want. <laughs> forever. That guy was actually cool. I usually don't like a lot of Hollywood Mm-hmm. people because i don't know i have my personal beef with like people that go above and beyond just being um a professional make-believe person who sure. get paid a lot of money but he was one that seemed generally like a good person like, i agree i agree he did a 100%. lot of good stuff went to the hospitals thing, met with kids all that good stuff yeah the one thing that jumped out at me about him is how many historical figures he was able to play in a relatively short amount of time he was Jackie Robinson. He was James Brown. He was um, Thurgood Marshall, I believe. And wow. he was just getting started. Like he, he would have played Robinson everybody. was awesome. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So shout out to him. Uh, so it's in the same vein as, uh, as Corona, right? Do you think we're going to have a uh, vaccine by 
A, the election or B, ne early next year? Or what's the, what's the story with that? Um, I know that Trump is definitely pushing hard to get it before the election. Mm -hmm. At the same time, his opponents are like, we shouldn't rush it. But <laughs> so like, if that's a weird thing because be doing the same thing. So yeah, I mean, uh, Kamala is basically an anti-vaxxer now. Her that's story what, that, today about how she was like, I can't trust Republicans. Anything. Yeah, I, I can't trust anything from a Republican. I can't trust anything from, from Trump. That's wild. Regardless of whether, you know, a scientist comes out or, you know, a hundred scientists come out and say, this is exactly what the science is. But um, she's basically taking the tack that there's no way that it can be it can be uh, effective or real. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're the Russians have done it. They've they've <laughs> had generals that should take it. Uh, I think the Chinese have also come up with a version, and the Indians too. Um, the 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 the, re, the actual Indians. Yeah, dot not feather. Not the. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, all right. Well, that was it. That was a nice run. Episode twenty-seven. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but with with the vaccine, the big the big story behind it for me personally is who is going to take that shit. Like, I'm a, I, I'm not going to take it. I've I've kind of decided that like I don't right. think I need it. Really? Well, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't take flu vaccines. I don't get sick. Like that's, that's a good point. If you have a really strong immune system, you probably don't have much to worry about, unless of course there is something like this that you haven't yet been exposed to that might affect you differently. So the risk is really more with not having it if your immune system is say equal to anybody else's. So if it was me and I'm relatively healthy, I usually get, I probably get a flu vaccine once every couple of years. I don't do it every year, but I'd probably get it. I don't think I've ever had one. Maybe yeah, when I, I was know. a child or something, I don't know. But not as but, an adult, as a grown man past, eight, past 15, I don't remember ever getting a flu shot. Yeah, a lot of people don't just because they don't think they need it. And truly, I don't think they do if they don't get sick a lot others especially older people they probably should and and now, younger people from the conspiracy side which we always like to just dabble just dabble, dabble in in it dip our toes um, in it. don't know the quite the details because it's like not something i really looked into but what some people are saying is that these vaccines have something in them that it's going to be activating from the corona uh -huh. So I guess it's more for the people that believe that the mark of coronavirus the is more genetically created than just being naturally from bat soup. Um, that the vaccine is like, I don't know, it's gonna it's gonna trigger something in a lot of people with certain genetics. World War Z. Um, yeah, maybe. Who yeah. the fuck knows? Yeah, but that's Pit not the reason that I would not take it. I just don't need I, vaccines for the people that don't know. Generally, it's a you get a little bit sick, right? You're getting you part might. of the, yeah, but, but isn't in general vaccine have the, the virus already in it? Yeah. Like, isn't yeah, that how it works? It's a, a deactivated version of what usually makes people sick, but it's combined of course, with antibodies from people who beat the disease and then it's reproduced on a massive scale. So that's, it's typically not something you should worry about. But again, the conspiracy is other people that don't know you, they don't have any, you know, freedom or they don't have any control over you putting something inside your body. That's, that's scary to people, especially if people, it's not required. There's people from the anti-vaxxers that push that um, vaccines maybe have caused autism, that like yeah. the, the, the huge numbers in those cases. That Trump did that. Trump said that like a couple of years ago. He was a big proponent or a, at least a... Uh, 
a propagator of that. And you're going to hear a fun Trump story and his, in the way that Trump, the, the way that Trump is president and this is whether you hate him or love him. Um, he is someone that runs it like a CEO in the sense that he likes to get people from complete opposite sides to provide the information on a subject. And then he likes to make the final decision. That's, that's what I've learned from just watching the man since deeply since he started running for president and right. became president. That's his style, right? Sure, so sure. the vaccine story goes that he, he asked two people from two totally different sides, right? And this mm-hmm. was told by Bill Gates and the other one was told by the other person. So, oh, no, it was Bill Gates told the whole entire story, actually. Uh-oh. So Trump asked um, Kennedy, you know, the, the one Kennedy that unfor- has that unfortunate stutter? Uh, no, I don't remember. Well, this Kennedy, he is treated almost like the black sheep of the family uh-huh. because some, I think, I, I don't know if it has to do with his own children, but right. he's huge, huge into the movement of anti-vaccine. Really? Like he's the one, he's the one that told Trump, like, you need to have a committee to look into it because um, he's been on Tucker. He's been on all types of networks. So he's a Kennedy. He's a, what's, he's a, yeah, he's a Kennedy. So he, he should be all about, you know, doing what the, the party the wants. Mainstream, right? He should be mainstream, but he's not. And yeah, this shit, he is anti-vaccines, super anti-vaccines. Like, so why this is, is one of the main Because he figures. thinks that something that was given to either him or his a family member or that something? That I, I don't, I don't want to speculate. I want to say maybe it has something to do with his personal, with his own situation with his son. But he has brought up some very good points about how vaccines are tested. I don't want to get into specifics because I unfortunately don't recall and I would have to look at like notes of what his position is, but a hundred percent his position is anti-vaccine. Right. And he told Trump, like, you should start a committee to really look into these vaccines because they're fucking like, and he gave him his whole spiel. Right. So Trump meets with Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the one that told this story. And they're talking, they're doing their thing. And then Trump goes, hey, what do you think about me doing a committee? And this is, and he told them it's from Kennedy. Uh, what do you think about me doing a committee into vaccines and, and the possible side effects that they have? Right. And Bill Gates, seriously, he's like, you shouldn't do that. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. And like, you should just not do that at all or even start that. Now, by that answer, because it was Bill Gates telling the story and it was pretty much as blunt as I just did it, maybe even mm-hmm. more blunt, it's almost like, okay, that's a little bit suspicious. Like, if anything, I would be on the side of, why not, so that you can once and for all fucking say that these people are crazy. Well, what he should say, I mean, like you said, someone of that stature, someone of that much power, someone of that much influence, he doesn't have to... Uh, justify what he's saying but you're right the right thing i think from his perspective to have done is to say we've already done the studies we already have the data and we'll hopefully we'll be able to blow it open for you so you can see every every reason these people that are not on the side of vaccines would be wrong we'll give you every example we give you even the negative examples even the problems that come out of vaccines even the the adverse reactions which is usually why there are waivers to sign when you take a vaccine when you get a vaccine um there are lots of different 
tests to be done if there's a I heard a you can't vaccine. sue. Yeah, I think it's because right. of the waivers. Like there's vaccine courts. Sure. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. What he should have done is said, "Here's why all these crazy people who are not on our side are not correct." And I can tell you, I can show you why. But if he just said, "No, you don't need to do that," you don't need to start a committee. That's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah. Like, like he's almost like like stonewalling him. Like, yo, no, <laughs> don't look into that. What are you talking about? Like, no, trust, no. Trust why, me. why would you want to uh, investigate this? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't <laughs> like that. It was weird, and I was like, all right, Kennedy, one point there with the better argument. <laughs> well, I mean, guilty until proven innocent. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, so I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope for the world's sake that we, you know, have something soon. And I hope that people are not afraid to use it. I hope that it's safe for people. And I hope that we can finally put this whole period behind us, even though we've been productive. Um, we've been successful. Not a lot of people have been, there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of gaps to fill. So, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm just hoping that between Corona and the riots, you know, something changes in November. So do you think that's everything is going to go away on November 4th? Do you think everything's going to go back to normal? No. Or what do you think the new media focus is going to be? Should Biden win? Oh, should Biden win? Mm -hmm. um, I actually think that they will be hit with a hard reality that the world is not as exciting as it was during Trump because like that gave them action every single day. It gave them a, um, not just to report stories, but literally activism came out. And it's so blunt that there's journalists that are complete activists, a hundred percent. And they, it's a facade that they call themselves journalists. And what I mean by that is with Biden winning, it's almost like I do feel, for example, Biden last week, was in Wisconsin, right? Yep. And while he's in Wisconsin, he holds an event where it's at a church and he has people from the town there, which if you're just watching, right, on a live stream or since most people aren't going to be there, um, his team has the event, they set up a microphone and they allow after he speaks for people from the town to ask him questions. Right. So to the normal eye, it looks legit. A person goes up, asks a question, etc. And so they get down to this young black girl. She's probably like 31. Mm -hmm. And she goes up there and she immediately goes, and I love her for this. She goes, I know I I'm supposed to paper. I'm supposed to read what's on the paper, but I can't I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Because this is Finally. this is, this is Finally, some leaks. journalism. Yeah, like this was exposed in WikiLeaks uh, for the people that don't remember or do remember. Um, WikiLeaks showed that in the Clinton emails that there was actual reporters would send their full entire articles for approval to mm -hmm. a fucking political campaign before right. they print them in a publication that's not supposed to be political. That goes or, back to or, the conversation we were having with John about where he was dead set certain that both sides do that. Everybody does that. If you want your politician That's fucking you insane. To, to be uh, on his game or her game in one of those press conferences, then you'll take the questions or you'll feed the questions. You'll edit whatever and then give it back to him. So there is less of a disconnect between the interviewer and the interviewee. That's absolutely 
absolutely fucking in, an insane counter to, to try to say both sides do that. And for two reasons. One, the actual statistic of how many questions and minutes Trump has done with the media compared to Biden, it's in the hundreds versus like, it's, it's several hundred minutes over. Like it's not even, it's not even fucking in the same galaxy. It's like over 600 minutes over than what the other guy has done. It right? probably wouldn't it's be not, hard to find that statistic. It was, it was like 700 to like 80 at the time where, where I shared that when he yeah. said that. That's one thing, right? Okay, maybe maybe for Biden's safety and he's in his, what people call his basement, whatever. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, but, between, you know, when he wakes up and nap time, you got plenty <laughs> of time to get in there and, you know, ask him questions. How hard is it to sit in front of a camera and answer questions? And he has hard-hitting questions for like oh from RDB. Hard-hitting. Yeah, like, but... <laughs> <laughs> the, the other part where he, where our friend, so that the listeners know, we were having a conversation, someone that really does not like Trump. He's like, oh, Trump does the same thing. And I immediately thought he was fucking crazy for this simple point that if Trump were to ever hand out a fucking piece of paper that says, these are the questions that you should ask me. Like, number one, no one in the White House press pool, not even Fox would stick to that. And number two, everyone would leak that. It would be automatically leaked. Like, look at what this fucking Stalin Hitler guy is making us do. He does not believe in the free press. This that, maybe, that's the spin. Maybe, but on the other side, I mean, I think especially now people are kind of desperate for news stories. So, I mean, not people, but uh, journalists, journalists, they need to have an in. So you can't burn that bridge with the administration because they would know who leaked it. They would know who did that, right? So they're probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm not certain of the relationship because if it was me as a reporter, I go in there and I'm like, okay, I mean, here's, here are the questions that we were supposed to ask. And I'm going to probably try to ask some other questions that are not on the paper, but I'm going to get what I can. So I have a job or that I can continue working on this in this, you know, this position for as long as there's a need to have somebody here, which I'm, Thinking there's always he, ha he has a record for the past three years of some of the most hostile questioning ever from the media to a existing president. Like there is, I've never seen anything like that ever. Like of how hostile people from CNN get, people mm -hmm. from ABC get, the Playboy guy gets fucking nuts, the Huffington Post guy going, are you sick? Do, do you get sick and tired of lying? Like just asking straight up crazy questions that you would never expect which a lot of people applauded him for. And I understand that, but I'm just saying like, there's no it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge it's... opportunity for the person there in the pulpit to be like, I, I'd be like Grinnell. Oh my God. <laughs> the thing that you showed the other day, I'm like, I cannot wait to vote for this guy <laughs> because he just treats the press like shit. <laughs> it's like, this is like, I don't know why we're even talking about this. Why did, why did you bring this question to me when we already have a topic? We were already talking about this and you want to talk about this. It's one of the most important <laughs> things that's happening. Like for people that remember Kosovo. I remember. remember? Oh, you don't remember because you're too you young. You How about, I remember you, you were there. <laughs> You, you and <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, and I think it, that's going to be amazing. Should he serve in any future administration? I think that's awesome. Yeah the the media is weaponized, and I've always and I've said that for a 100%. long time. Some people don't agree with me when I say that, but there is a large portion of the media that's weaponized, and a story that came out I think yesterday or the day before was the two-face that 
not just the media has, but so many people have in life and especially in politics, but the Jeff Zucker, which is the head person of CNN. Yeah. He's the president of CNN, the main guy that sets the agenda for CNN. And there's tapes that have been leaked between him and Michael Cohen, who just released a book about Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But you get to see, you get to hear Zucker mentioning things like he wanted to give Trump a TV show on his network and maybe okay. come out weekly and do it. He gave Michael Cohen tips on how Trump should be debating. Like they're probably going to attack you by calling you this or that. So what you should do is just start calling him that those names before the debate. So he's used to it. Like he's given him legit advice on how to win his fucking debates in the Republican primary. Uh-huh. So these tapes just revealed. Um, Isn't that kind of the same as just, softballing questions or getting questions ahead of time and I, no be, not necessarily because the softballing and getting questions ahead of time is on purpose to help out someone that you prefer to win right the jeff zucker leak tapes is showing someone who publicly has a hatred for trump but behind the scenes, at least in these tapes, no, it was we're brilliant. showing an affection. Zucker's whole secret evil plan was to get Trump elected. Because of the ratings. Yeah, because of ratings. Because, oh my God, all of these different news outlets are going out of business. This is before Trump. This is before Trump. Like, a reason to pay attention to the news is a, a target. And that's what Trump is. So I wouldn't be surprised worked. if he that was the secret Trump. evil plan. He was a brilliant, a diabolical secret evil plan. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I the guy. Yeah, the guy is not. It's weird, and and for him to be in charge of a news organization, I thought he was going to get canned when um, AT and T, I think, is the company that took over. Um, I believe so. Yeah, the the Ted Turner and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Ted Turner is even so involved, but who took over CNN and other. Mm-hmm. Um, other um, entertainment aspects of that of whoever the fuck owned CNN before. Right. I thought for sure AT and T was going to can that guy, but because they were they're they're still doing the worst out of the major media networks. They're well, not they, doing. Wasn't good. he wasn't he another um, guest on the Epstein flights? Wasn't Zucker also one of those guys? I don't think so. I'm sure, he was. I would have. We'll we'll have to back, look into that and, and bring back that checker. Up. Fact checker, here's where we need a producer. Looney, Looney, you gonna do it? Okay. <laughs> He's behind me. He's trying to get his attention. And All then, right. yeah, um, I just, just the last thing with the media, the the other big story, um, and and this is almost like a weaponized story for the fact that just the timing of it, the lack of evidence for it, and just the the political impact of. Uh, the the story from the Atlantic going after Trump talking shit about the military and uh-huh. the dead in the military. And then what they do is they pile it on with previous comments that he said. And they're like, well, if he said this, then this has to be true, which is absolutely bonkers. It doesn't have to be true because just because he said some one thing doesn't mean another thing's true. But anonymous it, sources said it was true. Yeah, but we've learned. Come on, people. <laughs> we've learned since 2016 anonymous anonymous sources are almost useless they're, yeah. they're real, like you got to really provide some some hardcore evidence because there's too many people with agendas that would that become anonymous sources just to pull push a fake story a fake narrative 
or, or push for something clicks. Them. for clicks. Otherwise, if, if you don't have anything hard, if you don't have a name, some reporter or some person of interest to be in, like in, in the room when he said something like that or when anybody said something, it's conjecture, it's opinion, and it's spun as fact. So you have to do your homework. And as a reporter, that's your, that's your job. You can't report it unless it's true or unless you're willing to burn somebody and say, this person said this about this. People, Go do the, the interview. People that already hate him, they jump on board and they're like, "Yeah, we got him. Yeah, there's a story. Yeah, it's going right? nowhere. It's, it's, that it's doesn't already, mean anything. You, the last week's news cycle. It's yeah, you got it. If you want to bring someone listeners. like myself on board or bring moderates on board, provide some proof, man. Like it's it's simple. Provide some big. Do what Project Veritas does. Go undercover, motherfucker. Get some video. Get some get some tapes. I believe tapes. I'm, my eyes and ears don't lie, but yeah, a video would be the best. But that would work. But anonymous and and that's and hard guy, work to do. That sting operations are very difficult. But that's why I respect. I love him or hate him, man. I fucking respect the shit out of Project Veritas, even though they are definitely biased. That they really only go after um, people on the left. We'll call it. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're fucking they're good. good at it. They are sure. really good at it. They're probably the best that I've ever seen. Maybe like with old 2020 from like the nineties. Right. Um, all right. So just a couple more things on election 2020, by the way, we are going to do a live show uh, in which we look at the debates. Our first debate is on the 29th, which is in a couple of weeks. So we got to get on that. Um, um, do you think Trump's going to go to prison if uh, Biden's elected? No. No. Okay. You're on record. It's a hard no. Um, Some so people white... do really believe that. Yeah. You? It's, it's a possibility. I mean, for it, what? It anything. Like anything. <laughs> the there's whole, no the whole, way. there's an entire cadre of people that think the only reason Trump is running for reelection is so he cannot be uh, charged with a crime or arrested and jailed, et cetera. Just for, food for thought. The only thing that they could get him with would be something like a process crime, like a Roger Stone process crime where he may have said something and then they might have a fact where, oh, that's not exactly what you said or this is not what you said. But that to me is not serious because he's the type of fucking guy that always goes off the cuff, right? And then you're expecting him to remember what he said in 2017 in a room and compare, but that's what they do. And by day, I mean like those are the process crimes that, the Russian collusion investigation ended up finding like at the same time, he you told us this, he puts himself in that situation more often than he should. And that's maybe that's just me, but if he didn't Agreed. speak so off the cuff, he wouldn't get into so many traps at the same time. That is what got him elected. Right. Like, people, well, no, I, I think speaking like connecting to people on a, a level that didn't require a lot of thought, I guess you could say. He, he does just go directly in a conversation and he doesn't have to have prepared remarks. People appreciate that because at least to them, it's genuine. It's genuine. And that's the key word. People like, you know, you had one of the greatest speakers of all time just in, in office for eight years. And some people's lives maybe weren't the best or didn't improve in those eight years. And there's a lot of people that are like, you know what? It, I don't give a fuck if you speak well. It's like, that's not doing anything for me. Like, and then you have this guy like a Trump who's just, 
off the cuff, just saying what he means and fucking going. Sometimes you might not know overboard. a lot. He, sure, he does talk a lot. He, he, he talks a lot. Get on the level with you. So, but but I brought that up just because of your question. Could he go to jail? The only thing I could see him going to jail is if some passionate passionate people that hate him, which there's plenty of them with power, decide to get him on some sort of process crime. Okay. Like you told right. us this, but in general, we have this recording. You said something different. I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't think that it's too serious, but he can, I don't know. I don't even know if, if presidents have protection after they leave from stuff like that. They should, maybe. I don't know. If oh, it's he brought, never, if he, it's if, never happened before. But if at he was time, a fucking I mean, Russian agent and they prove it, then I'm more for him going to jail, killing him, whatever you got to do. But none of that should ever happen. It's ridiculous. So no, I don't think he. I and, right. and here's the other thing: Biden is not. Uh, people would try to argue this, but like Hillary was polling way better, in my opinion. When mm-hmm. I remember the election, Hillary yeah, was dominating. It's a lot closer. It's a lot closer now, definitely. And, okay, and I think every every outlet has so, that. So has. Trump's gonna get four. If he wins, he gets four more years to put to keep eliminating people that are career. Um, what are they called? Bureaucrats bureaucrats people that are not elected in these positions and these offices that have power he's going to get four more years of taking those people out which he's done he's been doing this whole entire time it's uh-huh. an excruciating process but whistleblowers this that and the other so he's going to make sure that he is safe when he leaves in my opinion but biden if not and biden wins maybe there's a chance that he could that some people want blood Oh yeah, I'm sure. After this much uh, drama, I guess you could say. And he fucking adds fuel to the fire. I know that he Every day. he he gives people. Um, I know that there's people bureaucrats. I know that there's people uh, that are his political opponents that can't sleep well at night. That he just fucking like their heart pressure must go up. Like he 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 sticks some well, like knives in them and twists it. He talks so much shit, which I respect. <laughs> I respect the shit talking. It's it's sometimes it's an art, sometimes it's overborn, sometimes it's well deserved, but it's it is who he is, and I respect that. You're getting a genuine person, like Bernie was. Bernie, I think, is pretty genuine. Oh yeah, he is genuine, hundred percent. Most politicians aren't. He's not only genuine, but he's consistent, and until the until he he's dies, he too. will continue to be consistent. And he will continue to run for office and he will continue to run for president. That's so right. Buy another house. A rich mother. <laughs> what was your next topic? That you had uh, I was just talking, going to talk. There's a couple of funny things about the riots. I was just trying to get your opinion. John Cass from the Chicago Tribune came out with an article this week about, um, uh, you know, how it would be and, and what the, what the media play would be if there would be one. And that's another question entirely, but what would it be like if um, all the riots in the big cities, um, they were continuing, they were obviously going to be started and finished. Um, but they, uh, they only happened in red States and red cities. Would there, would it be, fiery but mostly peaceful protests even if there was a crowd of oh, no. there'd be there'd be there'd be a lot more death and the reason for that is there's a lot more armed people to protect their property they don't play that sure well i mean i think the people rioting would be the ones with the weapons but i mean i, I could be wrong 
oh, I see what you're saying, but I just don't see. No, I don't know. There would be, there would be certainly more death, but there's there would a. Be, it would look like an insurrection. It wouldn't look like a riot. It would look like like a gun battle. Yeah, it'd be like a gun battle. But yeah. to that to that author, it's like it sounds like he's trying to like change the subject. Like no. it's not happening in Red. No, City. I'm just saying that. I think his point is: Would the media be as willing to put up a Chiron such as, you know, fire oh, peaceful, no. mostly peaceful process? If which is hilarious. Yeah. I don't think that would happen, but that's just a funny thing. But uh, our wonderful mayor of uh, Portland, Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine, uh, Ted Wheeler and the St. Louis mayor, uh, Lida Cruson, have left their homes because it's too dangerous. Just to let you know. But Chicago mayor, our wonderful Lori Lightfoot, she has security our friend, her. our friend Lori, she declared her street a no protest Protesting. zone. She has balls. The woman is getting what she wants out of this situation. I appreciate that. You can't even have a, a, a reporter go in there. Someone I know someone that tried, and the cop is – he was nice to him, but he's like, nah, dude, you can't fucking No, 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 no. This isn't a game. <laughs> this ain't a game. <laughs> but I just right. respect those politicians because they still have – their people vote for them mm-hmm. and for the same policies that obviously have turned their lives to shit that caused them to go out riot and loot. Some people Chicago do protest. Like, I wonder what Chicago would be like if they had like a, a Rudy Giuliani type person come in, you know, after decades and decades of shit and then, you know, do, do what Giuliani did to New York, to Chicago. It would have an amazing turnaround in, in, um, tourism, um, I think businesses would start going back there, um, manufacturing. I think the, the, the possibilities are endless because I think it's now, an incredible opportunity. It's an creative opportunity. That's the, that's like the next big opportunity I see is places like that, that have been hung out to dry for a long time. And just like, you know what, we're going to clean it up. We're going to remove the criminals. And then we're going to have all this storefront and all these places to sell stuff. And it's going to be cheap. So come and make it yours. I see a, a new, you know, I'm very optimistic about that. I'm not sure when it could happen, but I think places like Chicago have a lot to give. The, the, the media is not given the coverage that it deserves, but there's a current operation that was going on being done by the feds, right? Okay. And I'm trying to think of the fucking operation name. I think it's Condor. No, it's, um, it has a cool ass name. And it's, Legend? Legend, yes, Operation Legend. Yep, and no, it's because that. it's because Everybody. of a child. All the, tell the it's a child from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a three or four year old child who was sleeping in his bed, and he got wow. shot. He got shot. Yeah, he got he got shot and killed, and, shot and killed. that's that's the reason that Terrible. the operation is named after him. So what the Trump Justice Department is doing is basically going into these cities where the local laws and prosecution isn't enough that these people keep getting arrested but they're immediately released so by them doing an operation where they're gathering these people and going hard after them they're prosecuted on a federal level where instead of being released before your court you're in jail the whole fucking time like it's a whole different ball game when the feds get involved yeah and i think they've had 600 arrests um 
I heard that yeah, one police officer. It was, it was hundreds and hundreds of weapons and pounds of drugs in all these, all these blue cities. A and, lot of them. Yeah. All of them. Every one of them. So I don't know. It's Cleveland, a blue city. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that, but yeah, yeah it, Cleveland was the one, one of the officers, unfortunately, first day he signed up to, to join, he, he got killed in one of the operations. Yeah. I remember you got to go back and listen to, I think it was season two of serial. It's either two or three, but um, that's a, that's a great, you know, like a true crime type podcast and or criminal justice podcast. And it is illuminating the Cleveland justice department, the police department, like what could go wrong? It does. It is captivating. Check that Philadelphia out. is the same fucking thing. That's a mm-hmm. shithole of a prosecution. And so, so I respect the fact that it's almost like the feds are like, you guys are fucking up so bad. We have to come in and clean your shit. And I like that. I, I like the fact that they took the initiative to do that. And it's almost like some of these leaders get so political that they would rather see their cities literally burned down than accept help from Trump publicly. Well, I mean, it depends on, it's a hundred percent who's in the white house. It's, if, if Biden gets elected, I'm certain that those struggling, you know, would be more receptive to it. Yeah. Well, but not only would they be more receptive, but it would be seen as a, a you know, a, a great example of collaboration between, you know, local, state, and federal. And that's something that's that, wrong in like, the sense the that point. they like, should do that right now. Right. Don't you're, you're going to go months you know, of cities you know on the, fires and riots because yeah. you don't yeah. like the guy in the White House who's offering you the same exact help? You know who's not, uh, making that mistake, taking that bait, Newsom, because he's running next time. I'm letting you know that dude is going to be on the ticket either next cycle or the cycle after that. I mean, Newsom has a lot of issues too. He, I, I don't know. I don't know if he if he'll get that that. I I think if AOC ever makes that move, even though she's ridiculous sometimes, uh-huh. I think that she has potential to definitely maybe maybe. I mean, it, but if, I think if, the establishment would stop her like they did Bernie. Yeah, I think so too. She she may be as old as Bernie and continue to run. That, that being said. She has, in my opinion, more cajones, as they say in Spanish, more balls than Bernie. So she won't go down quietly if they try to fucking dupe her. But I bring her up because you're saying Newsom. Newsom is definitely getting ready for, at some point, a White House rut. I think he's got a lot of baggage. Yeah, he does. But he's, he's protected. You know, he's got, he's got all the, the backing he needs. He doesn't have any real... I guess weaknesses as far as money and donors and and correct uh, you know groups that so did Jed Bush. What I'm saying is that like he's got a lot of Bush baggage. Jed Bush was never exciting voter. He was never an exciting candidate. He was a he was a good governor, but he wasn't built for anything any kind of like national campaign like that. And it sucks. He had money. He he does have money. Doesn't have the multi-generational appeal as somebody is i guess flashy as newsom i would attack newsom with how just like this week like that you can't turn up your ac at certain times in parts of california blackouts what a nightmare for california yeah like your power grid is shit what are you are you trying to bring that shit 
that you once said like you know this is like going to be the example of green energy or some shit you can't turn on your ac what the fuck are you talking about that's the model it's over 100 degrees and you know how many people would not vote just for that like what you mean if you win you're gonna make some shit that i can't turn on my ac because your fucking shit system in california you're gonna try Mm -hmm. to move it somewhere else because it's green that's ridiculous yeah and the the transparency uh behind uh mostly i mean especially california the the model of green energy there and how it's not it's not doing what they said it was going to do it's more expensive it's dirtier um i want to spend an entire episode talking about that (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean they got the homeless me, I'm, problems. I'm, all about, I'm all about green energy but it's never going to be cheaper ever it's never going to cost less than what we have now and it's never going to do everything that we need it to do so a phased approach has to be the way to go or, or new technology has to come out that we just don't know about yet right right what? all right can we can we jump as we of get to, to the close of this episode nfl week one is this weekend so let me get your opinions your predictions on the first week for our uh foreign listeners that's the national football league not the soccer um <laughs> it's gonna be interesting I, I it's gonna it's the first time in a long time that i'm actually looking forward for football mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of shitty that you know part of football is the experience of the crowd oh yeah and maybe even going to a game or two um so that's kind of shitty but the I'm excited for it personally. I'm in two fantasy football drafts. You and I just had one this evening. Yeah. Um, we're not in the same one, but we, we had we had them. So personally, I'm excited for it. I know that for other people, I could give a fuck less. Um, the interesting part for the world is the COVID. Like, I guess it's already in other sports. It's not really a big deal. It's like, True. that's really going to affect people that gamble on it, I guess. And if you mm-hmm. really have like a favorite team, those are the only people that probably care it might COVID is going to take out some players that are healthy and should be able to play but because of them having this and even though they're completely healthy uh they might be taken out um what who's to say that you don't have someone that's corrupt and says hey this guy has covid and he's got money on the game (laughs) he takes out a guy (laughs) you know what i'm saying it opens up a lot of possibilities i'm just i'm just pointing out the worst in human like you cannot play (laughs) we've had refs in the nba cheats so this is i'm not going to fucking be surprised if someone in the in the nursing department or or in the testing department decides to have some fun with it give some fucking testing Someone gives him a shit ton of money. Here's 400 grand. I need you to make sure. Clear him. Get him back in that locker room. (laughs) Clear him or don't let him play. God, that sounds um, like espionage. It could be. That would be exciting. (laughs) Be exciting. (laughs) Exciting thinking about. We're here for the sports. Hey Fox. Hey Fox. Hey uh, (laughs) MSNBC Sports. Uh, But did you mean when you asked that question? Did you mean like teams individually or just? Sure. I mean, let's let's summarize it. What do you think the most explosive, the biggest game is going to be for week? Oh, you you you. um, We just from a conversation with you earlier. By far, everybody wants to see Tom Brady. That's right. I think that's true. I think everybody he, wants to see playing against your team without this his old first team. week for yeah, four right. fifteen PM Sunday. Boom. The most watched game probably of the season, if not at least definitely the first week. But so Tom Brady showing yep, up yep. on a stacked team. That team is stacked. stacked. Like they're playing another stacked team. That's so right. this is an ultimate test against it is, it is. and red pretty sweet that is so the first game. I'm really excited about it. Uh so right from the beginning, who do you think 
uh, wins each division. This will go down as the, the greatest prediction of this show's history. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I just don't have the knowledge to predict that, but I'm going to say... Um, Best teams in the AFC are probably the Ravens and Chiefs. Yeah, Best Ravens and Chiefs. The are probably... Um, your Saints might be one of them. Yeah, I think they're they're probably the best team in the NFC. But I don't want to and say and, and, and oh, the, the, Niners, the Niners are probably up there. So the Rams, right? They're NFC or no? They are. They are. The Rams are also fucking stacked. Mm-hmm. They're stacked, especially on that line. Um, yeah, I could see them making some noise again. And oh, San Francisco. I can. Yeah, I, said, I don't know. Like, I don't know if um. They've what about the them. Washington football team? You don't think they're going to have like a, a dream? Oh, are they not the Redskins anymore? No, it's not the Redskins anymore. It's the Washington football team. <laughs> What's crazy is that an in, a Native American, Feather, not Dot, actually created the logo and, and was part of it. Like, it sounded like a lie. Like disappointed that it that sounded happened. so untrue that I knew it had to be true. And 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 the other part is like the people that generally push this and and our fans please let me know if I'm wrong but it's generally white people that aren't Native American or Indian. Yeah, white, white people. We get always mess emotional everything. about shit that don't involve. I know. Them. I know. And you know, me personally, an, I don't feel guilt, but I understand it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, I would feel honored if a football team had a Native American name if I was a Native American. Just that's my opinion. You can't say I'm wrong or right, but well, that's just my opinion. They're and, coming and there's for the other Indians. people that are Native American. They're coming for share. the Chiefs. Get ready. There, oh there have been lots and lots of uh, people just planning on rioting in Kansas City and in uh, uh, Cleveland. Get ready. It's going to be great. One team I could have sworn said they will never change. I forgot who it was. Like, there's no way that they would change. It might be the Indians, but anyways. I'm pretty sure that was it. Their fans are so diehard. They were like, no. Yeah, it's not no. going to happen. I'd rather not have a team. We will burn you, you down guys the can, stadium. You guys <laughs> can the, field. the Apache Indians <laughs> fucking coming at us full force, and we're not changing shit. We'll be ready for them. Um, yeah, the NFL season is going to be interesting. And for the people that don't follow football, um, especially for our foreign listeners from inter- international, I shouldn't say foreign, but our international yeah. listeners um fantasy football is what makes the nfl fun now um as an adult usually you in this country as a child end up having a favorite team and that's who you follow and that's who you like right but in general most of those teams either win a championship or all you want them to do is win a championship mm-hmm. it's kind of like you don't, some people are really diehard, so I'm not including these people, but in general, the majority of the population don't really care about every week to week of, of most sports. But in football, what, what does make it, I think the number one sport is the fantasy aspect. Like wow. it gives you, it gives you uh, a, a new passion of not just following your one team who may or may not ever get to win the championship or if you already experienced winning the championship. It's not the same anymore. It gives but you a different perspective. It, it trying to win you to pay attention. championship is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of it as well. And we've only been doing it, I think with uh, one league for about five years, six years, maybe. And uh, I'm definitely getting more out of paying attention to the seasons and stuff like that. And I think is they that should, a paid league? 
What's that? Is that a paid league? No, no. I used to do one with coworkers when I worked for Walgreens and that was fun too, because there was a lot of significant trash talking that immediately had to be, you know, turned around and it was very sad. <laughs> it was always good. Good times. Yeah. I was a commissioner. Commissioners are people that run the league and set the rules for nine years. I had a, was, to me, it's the best scoring system of all time. It, it was the greatest. And uh, yeah, that was a good run. But this year, um, I'm doing my free league that I've been a part of for probably just as long as you have, five or six years. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got a phone call from my New Jersey friends, childhood friends, that they needed one more person. I said, let's do this. And that one's a um, – first, they were going to do 50 but they brought it down to $30 each. Uh -huh. And they do it where first place takes it all or first and second can do a deal before the game starts. I think that's better. I'd, I'd be more comfortable putting money in if it was a, uh, there was a little bit more of a chance to, to walk away with some money. So in, in the commissioner league, when I was the commissioner, second place always definitely got money. It mm -hmm. usually doubled their entry fee, at least something for that long ass season that you're getting something back for your hard work. I hope it's a full season. I hope they decide to continue it for the rest of the season. So. Oh, I don't see it not being a full season. Everybody fucking, they'll bring in, They'll bring in people from the streets to finish the season. I'll do it. Get COVID. <laughs> I'll go with Mark Wahlberg on that. Out. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> you know, side side note: Did you see the story that came out yesterday regarding new rules for the Oscars? Yes, absolutely. Starting that it started in 2022. Yeah, 24, uh, 22. Yeah, it's like 24, like but in order to be eligible for Best, best picture, movie best picture they have to have you know x number of folks that are uh non-white basically um x number of folks that are disabled x number of folks that are um you know gay lesbian etc um all of those all of those things together or you cannot even enter your film into the that best is picture the race craziest shit that is the participation trophy bullshit I think it's a horrible idea and nothing against the groups of people that you said, because it's the best film, right? That's the, that's the specific award, the best right. film. What you're doing now is you're creating barriers for people that need their full creativity to be able to produce a film worthy of being called the best film. Like you're creating some, it's, I just don't agree with it at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's a horrible idea. Um, if anything, create a good movie with the people that you want it. If you wanted to create a good movie with people that are from the LGBTQ and black and white and Spanish and Asian, Indian, all the above, and you created a masterpiece, then more power to you. But some stories may not involve everybody in those categories. And some Wouldn't of those be... stories... Wouldn't it be kind of like appropriation if it was a, say the writer of a film was white and the director ended up being black, but the writer wrote a character, like maybe even for a specific actor, not even just a specific like race, like the person was named so-and-so and it had like, it was a black character. And then the black guy or the black, the black guy, the black director's like, that's no, like, we're not going to do it the, that way. That person has to be Asian. 
Yeah, that's wild. You know, like, I'm not saying that that would happen. I'm just saying like that's a possibility where it's going to happen. People are going to start looking at their their hiring process differently. Where they have to the they best to. person Whether, may not get the role because, because of their skin color or right. something that God did. Here's, you know how crazy that is. The KKK would agree with this shit. That's right. Be like, that's awesome. You guys are choosing by skin eugenics. color. Yeah, it's like you guys are choosing <laughs> by skin color and and your sex. What? Like this that's is what racists believe. It's nuts. You got the job because you fit that specific role and what it's going to do. I think it's going to do two things. First of all, the big studios that are, they are like their key or their claim to fame is gunning for another Oscar season, right? They want to make sure that they have the best picture or at least they they have a contender. So they're going to do a really good job of vetting and putting people where they need to go to fit the new rubric, the new style that has to be adopted. On the other hand, independent filmmakers who probably don't have access to as a diverse crew they're going to be like you know what we never wanted to make an oscar anyway but we still have what we feel is the best picture and they'll go to netflix and they'll go to amazon and they'll have a movie that is like wow the best picture the best movie in the public's eye no one watches the oscars anyway but everybody watches streaming services this might be the dagger that it needed it may be. Like, i don't know and because it's it's their argument is like like diversity is needed and and I, yes it is like it can be but it's art you're you're literally putting limitations on an artist's work like th- there could be the best movie ever made with everyone you guys want in it with with people in wheelchairs with an lgbtq <laughs> with black white latino Everybody, Indians, the fucking Pakistani, whatever. That movie may be in someone's mind right now. It may be, it may be that th- that movie could become the greatest movie ever made, right? But those type of movies come naturally. Like, it's so crazy that you're limiting someone's creativity in a field where creativity should never be limited. Well, that was like the point, right? That- That's artists and i can't remember the actress or actor who said it in the last couple of days but just like have you ever seen a a painter you know ask others for their opinion before they get started on something or what they should do no no they just do it they just that it comes to them they're inspired and they make their art and so what this is potentially going to do is you know change the story it's going to change the inspiration, it's going to change the creation and it's going to change what people end up seeing and maybe even appreciating and maybe not appreciating. So I think it has more potential to do harm than good. And I see the positive intent, but I can also say, no, that's probably not the best way to go about doing that. Yeah, Hitler the best, had way, to it, the best way to do it is let actors act and let, yes, them and let directors direct their value you know, show them what they can do. Maybe they don't need to be in a movie that doesn't call for that kind of character, but it calls for all these other characters who are fine. But that person by losing that role goes to another role that was like basically written specifically for them where they can get best actor or actress, you know, that, I don't know. I've never been in that business before, but I can see how it's a land. It's a, a minefield of problems. And, and then I heard someone's like, well, you don't work in that industry and the people at the academy, they are so highly regarded 
that they know everything about film, that mm -hmm. they've looked this through, they're the experts, they know. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you guys are, first of all, you guys are, you, Harvey Weinstein was part of that fucking crew, so that's yeah, number they did one. It. Yeah, it's their fault. That's number one. Number two is all those fucking people never had these restrictions that you're trying to impose on new talent and new, and new ideas that are being formed. Like you guys are just, you, you, the intent, like you said, the intentions are well, but it should be so blatantly obvious. It's like literally racist people would agree with what you're doing. And like that's people that agree. That's why it's wrong. By your that's, skin that's color. Full stop. Like that's why it's wrong. That's if, if racist people would look at what you're doing and say, it's a great idea. Say, no, <laughs> we can't do this because <laughs> you're hiring based upon things that you have no control over, such as your skin color, your sexuality, I guess maybe you have some control, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just not, I think it's going to backfire. It's going to hopefully maybe here's the, here's the other part. Maybe it works. Maybe some new types of films are created. They're awesome. But the chances of that, I just, it's wild. I, I just don't believe that, like you said, an artist should be told what they're about to paint and um, someone that creates a whole entire movie for an audience to view and tell a story and, 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 and produce that story for them, given these restrictions before they start is wild. It's such a wild theory that I don't even know I yeah, do so know if we're around if we're around in 2024 we'll definitely check back in on this story <laughs> i don't think it'll i don't think it's gonna uh have much of a an impact on on you know current events coming soon because it won't take effect oh, for yeah. so many years sure. but, but those they may have time to repeal it they have time to get out of it there's movies that take years to start being filmed and maybe someone's like all right um this movie wasn't supposed to come out to 2024 but you know what we're missing a, get, a kid on crutches that I need for the list. Come on. <laughs> Come here. Now you gotta, break your legs. We're going to so go can... back to the editing for <laughs> I had a whole bunch of people that I've never needed in this movie. For the record, that's not a disability. <laughs> Having a temporary saying. injury is not a disability. <laughs> no, he's been on crutches his whole life. He was born with them. He's born, he was born on crutches. <laughs> Shit. Johnny Crutchfield. <laughs> All right, yo. So it's about that time. This is episode 27 of Are We Today? Uh, thank you so much to all of our listeners uh, in the U.S. and everywhere else abroad. Um, you know, we're going to keep doing this as long as you guys keep picking it up. So we appreciate every one of you. And thank uh, you guys for the support. Uh, we are, like tell, I said, tell, them, tell the people where they can find you, Trevor. Oh, absolutely. And they can find me on Trev underscore Jordan on Twitter. It's at Are We Today on Twitter also and on Instagram. You can find me on uh, Peloton on Pusha underscore Trev. Oh yeah, definitely follow me. Pusha T, Pusha what Trev. else do I, that's it, that's it, that's all I got. Um, but yeah, how about you, yeah, my you, friend? You guys, uh, same thing, Our Week Today on Twitter, make sure you follow that and Our Week Today on Instagram. The Patreon page is being built. Um, we also have a YouTube page, which I am working on getting us some short clips that will hopefully bring us some new viewers. But if not, the long form interviews are there if you want to see what we look like and not just hear our beautiful voices. And at one billion on Twitter, at one billion on Call of Duty mobile. And um yeah, no, uh, thank you to all the new listeners, our old listeners. We really appreciate that you guys are giving us the time, uh, which is such a precious resource and I truly, truly am honored.
Yeah, I can't top that. So stay woke. Our week today, stay woke, bitches. Peace out. <laughs>